0: What is up guys, it is Quinn here and in this video I'm going to be running through some of my top waiver wire targets heading into week 16 of the NFL season. So hopefully you guys, you know, either had a first round bye for the fantasy playoffs or won your week 15 matchup now heading into probably the semifinals. And, you know, you may need a potential, you know, flex play, you know, uh, you need someone to slide in there as your RB2 a flex a wide receiver three maybe you need a defense a streaming tight end a quarterback whatever situation you may be in hopefully this video helps you guys you know uh target some of the top options heading into week 16. so i'm going to talk about five players at every single position and then these are going to be players who are available in 50 percent or more leagues uh using the uh, espn waiver wire trying to get to five at each position some positions may be you know one or two short just due to scarcity but let's jump into the running back position and i'm going to start it off here with tyler algier who is owned in 33 and percent of leagues so uh tyler algier had a slot you know somewhere in the middle of the season With uh, Cordero Patterson out where he was a potential fringe option, like a running back three week to week, but he was still in a split with some of those other running backs in that Falcons backfield with Cordero Patterson coming back. A lot of people, including myself, kind of thought he would just fade away. We'd see Cordero Patterson start to eat into his earlier workload where he pretty much was the workhorse of that backfield. But they've, you know, pretty much been held tight in like this 50-50 split. They consistently, you know, split carries very, very evenly. And we saw the same thing uh, this weekend on Sunday. And they also split the goal line snap. So Algier and Patterson both took two of the goal line snaps. They both got into the end zone. But Algier was far more impressive with his opportunities. He had 17 carries for 139 rushing yards. And then, like I mentioned, he did get into the end zone. So someone who could be playable as an RB3 flex option, and he's probably the best like plug and play running back you're going to find on waivers, at least of the players who are available in 50% or more leagues. I guess a player who could potentially compete with that would be a uh, Zach Moss. And I have him and Deion Jackson up here. Zach Moss owned in 0.7% of leagues, Deion Jackson in 11.9. Now I do think Zach Moss is the better pickup, but I do think this probably is still a backfield that's kind of up for grabs so maybe deon jackson kind of takes over here and obviously this is because jonathan taylor is dealing with an ankle injury he uh you know another ankle injury he's dealing with this is a spot here where the colts i think they have like a 0.4 percent chance of making the playoffs so they're pretty much done you know in terms of their playoff hopes so this is a spot where i don't think they're going to be rushing their franchise running back back which could mean we're seeing a zach moss deon jackson split rest of season And honestly, Zach Moss saw a very strong workload in that Vikings game. He took 67% of the snaps, saw 24 carries. That was to Jackson's 32% of the snaps and then his 13 carries. Now, if you would have told me that Jonathan Taylor went down, I probably would have expected Deion Jackson to take the bulk of the opportunities because we have seen him, you know, fill in as the kind of handcuff for Jonathan Taylor and give you some decent performances but they opted to lean pretty heavily on Zach Moss here. He dominated the early downs, the third downs, and then also the short yardage situations. They split the goal line snaps two and two. And then really the only spot where Deion Jackson actually had an advantage was in the uh, two minute drill snaps. He took two of the three. So, you know, not even like crazy domination in that area. So I do think if you're desperate at the position, you know, you have an injury or something, you need a plug in. I think Zach Moss is a guy you should definitely be looking at. I have Deion Jackson up here, just like I mentioned, because this is probably still a malleable backfield moving forward. Now the next running back is going to be James Cook, who just barely made the cut here. He's owned in 47.3% of leagues. And honestly, prior to that last Bills drive, this was looking, you know, pretty close to like a 50-50 split. We ended up seeing the Bills opt to go with Singletary on that last drive, where they were basically driving down the field in the snow you know, burning some clock and Singletary ended up having seven carries on that drive. Prior to that, Singletary had six carries and four targets to James Cook's five carries and three targets. So I think it's clear, you know, in the drive where they needed it, they needed that drive, they needed to win that game. They opted to go with Devin Singletary. So it does seem clear that James Cook is the number two at this point. So right now I think he's slotted in as like the RB two, but has handcuff upside. If Devin Singletary does get hurt, but I also think he could be a desperate play. Like if you need someone this week, they go up against the Bears. Obviously, that's not, you know, a spectacular defense. They kind of held the Eagles in check uh, on the ground, which was unexpected. But if you're desperate, like in a 60-40 split, I think you could do worse than, you know, the Bills uh, running back too. So someone to keep an eye on there. And then the uh, last two running backs are just going to be straight up handcuffs obviously the shelf life of handcuffs are pretty much coming to an end like if they don't get hurt this week they're you know not going to be doing anything for you in your fantasy championships but guys like Jordan Mason and Joshua Kelly also honorable mention to Alexander Madison these are players who could slide in as top 12 running backs if CMC Eckler or Dalvin Cook do get injured here uh, in week was this week 16. Uh, so now moving over to the wide receiver position, going to start it off here with my guy, Traylon Burks, owning 46.4% of leagues. He continues to stay under that 50% number just because he continues to miss weeks. I think he could definitely return from his concussion this week. Of all the wide receivers on waivers, I'm probably most confident in Traylon Burks in terms of just throwing him into my lineup. Before he suffered the concussion, he had back-to-back really strong performances in the game where he did suffer the concussion. you know He had a great touchdown catch before having to leave in the first quarter. So I do think he's a wide receiver three if he is, you know, healthy and active. So definitely someone to keep an eye on if you need a starter. We also have Elijah Moore, who is owned in 45.2% of leagues. I was pretty excited about Elijah Moore this week. That was until we heard the news that uh, Mike White was not going to be the starting quarterback. They opted with Zach Wilson, who, you know, wasn't terrible, like he could kind of support these weapons. But, you know, there are still some situations where you're hoping Mike White is out there. So I think if Mike White can make his return, I think Elijah Moore definitely has life in week 16 and week 17. He once again had a solid route participation at 88%. And they also have a really strong matchup against the Jaguars, who we just saw the uh, Cowboys put up a uh, large amount of points against. Then we have Chris Moore, who was owned in 16.2% of leagues. And I never would have thought I would be uh, talking about Chris Moore. You know as a potential flex option in the fantasy playoffs, but I think if uh, Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins continue to miss time, like there are going to be worse options for your flex spot. He had a 91% raw participation, he was targeted nine times. Now we only turn that into four for 42, but he is coming off of a 10 for 124 game in uh, week 14. This is a solid matchup here against the Titans. I know they kind of held the uh, Chargers in check, which was a big surprise for me, but I still think it's a plus matchup here for Chris Moore, so another guy to kind of keep an eye on. Then uh, these last two are going to be players who have been pretty quiet throughout the season, but just came through with massive games in Week 15. So first, we have Russell Gage, who is owned in 21.8% of leagues. He has a huge fantasy day, targeted 12 times, catches eight of them for 59 yards and two touchdowns. Now, this is mainly due to Julio Jones missing this game. If Julio returns in week 16, like they're probably going to be splitting snaps for the wide receiver three spot. And in that case, I would be totally out on Russell Gage. However, you know, it's a decent matchup against the Cardinals. If Julio does miss that game, like the Bucs actually showed some flashes of being competent in the first half. And then the second half showed up, and you know, they just went back to their typical Tampa Bay stuff, you know, putting Brady in bad situations third and longs, first and longs, you know, penalties, all of that stuff. But they did, you know, look competent for a little bit. So in a better matchup, you know, maybe they can kind of prolong that. Plus, even in a game where they didn't perform super well, uh, you know, Gage still has a decent day. So I wouldn't love throwing him in my lineup because I think he's a pretty low floor, but someone to keep an eye on if Julio does miss another week. And then we have KJ Osborne, who is only owned in 2.6% of leagues. But he went out on Saturday and had a massive game in that uh, huge Vikings comeback. He had an 89% route participation, which is great to see, especially out of a wide receiver three. He was targeted 16 times, caught 10 of them for 157 receiving yards and a touchdown. So I don't know how confident I would be throwing him into my lineup, but I just feel like he has to make an appearance in this video coming off of that huge game. Um, you know, And maybe he can provide a spark in week 16 and week 17 for the fantasy playoffs. Now, moving over to the quarterback position, I'm going to start it off here with Mike White, who is owned in 16.3% of leagues. I definitely think he's playable as probably like a fringe QB1 if he is able to return here in week 16. This is a good matchup against the Jaguars like I talked about for Elijah Moore. And we've seen Mike White start three games this season. He's given you two solid fantasy performances and then one down game against the Bills. In his two solid games, he had two plus matchups. And this is another plus matchup here, like I mentioned, against the Jaguars. So someone who I do think is playable if he is healthy enough to give it a go and is cleared by the doctors. Then we have Jared Goff, who's owned in 47.8% of leagues. He he, uh, kind of kept his head above water in a tough matchup against the Jets, Put up 14.1 points, so not ideal, but you know, he's not absolutely killing you in your lineup. He didn't go out and put up a total clunker. He is a better week 16 matchup against the Panthers. It's not a top-tier matchup, but it's definitely not terrible and not as bad as the Jets. Overall, the Lions offense has just been playing at a very high level. We've seen Goff have 37 or more pass attempts in four straight games. So the volume's been there, the touchdown opportunities have been there. So definitely a decent streaming option heading into week 16. Then we have Brock Purdy, who is owned in 22.5% of leagues. In his two starts, he's put up 21.7 and 16.5 fantasy points. Pretty neutral matchup against the Commanders here in week 16, so another decent streaming option. And then I haven't talked about Russell Wilson as being startable in a while. He's owned in 40% of leagues. He should likely be back from his uh, concussion. He ended up clearing concussion protocol, but they kind of just wanted to play it safe with him, so he did not play uh, here in week 15. But he was actually probably playing like his best game of the season in Week 14 before he did exit with that concussion. He uh, had 247 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, added 57 yards on the ground. He goes up against the Rams, which you know overall is a pretty beat up team. So you know maybe he can give you something as a streaming option. Probably wouldn't love him unless you're pretty desperate. But I know some of your leagues out there, you know teams will hoard the quarterback position. You know they'll have two or three guys on their team, and you know maybe it's going to be slim pickings for you. So another guy to kind of look out for there. Now moving over to the tight end position, I think the top guy here has definitely got to be Jawan Johnson. He's owned in 15.5% of leagues and he has just been an absolute touchdown machine. He has seven touchdowns in his last seven games. And I'm talking like three, four weeks ago, I was talking about him in this video and I was saying, you know, like Jawan Johnson, I guess he's a decent pickup, but I was pretty, you know, uh, convinced that these touchdowns were just kind of like, know, a lucky streak. He had a few games where he catches a touchdown. I didn't really think it's sustainable. And I still don't really think it's sustainable. But at some point, like when you just continue to get into the end zone, you're someone that you can start as like a top 12 tight end. That's how, you know, inconsistent the position is. He has four for 67 yards, scores two touchdowns on Sunday, and is definitely someone who's likely going to crack my top 12 in my tight end rankings this week. Then we have Okonkwo, who was owned in 14.3% of leagues. He goes out Nothing crazy, but another serviceable game fantasy-wise. Five targets, four receptions for 54 yards. That is three straight double-digit games uh, in terms of PPR fantasy points for Okonkwo. This is still basically like a 50-50 split between him and Austin Hooper. But like I said, you know, tight end position, there's not a ton of consistency. So if someone is involved for three straight games, you gotta start to pay attention to them. Then we have Taysom Hill, who's owned in 44.1% of leagues. This was just another game where Taysom Hill comes out and contributes to a touchdown with a, a deep touchdown pass. He has accounted for, you know, either caught, uh, rushed in or through for nine touchdowns on the season. So if you're throwing him into your lineup, you're just kind of hoping he rushes one in, catches one, or, you know, has a, a deep touchdown pass and that's how he is going to put up his points. So kind of just, you know, hoping he hits on like an outlier trick play or, you know, they get him in there on the red zone. And then the fourth and final tight end is gonna be Hayden Hurst, who is owned in 41.9% of leagues. Now, I don't know if Hurst is actually gonna be able to play in this game, which is why I have him here kind of at the bottom. He has missed the last two games, but I definitely think he's a playable fringe option at the tight end position if he is healthy. Now, moving into the last position, we have the defenses. And honestly, I think this is a pretty poor week in terms of streaming options. You know, there are certain weeks where, you know, you have a lot of okay defenses playing against really bad offenses. This really isn't one of those weeks, so I think we have, you know, maybe one or two matchups that I'm super confident in, and then the rest of them, you know, get a little uh, concerning. But let's start it off here with the Titans, who are owned in uh, 27.1% of leagues, and they are going up against the Texans, and that is why this is a, uh, you know, matchup, a defense that I like here. The Titans actually were pretty impressive against the Chargers, seems kind of fluky, and then the Texans were actually pretty effective against the Chiefs, which also seems kind of fluky. So I wonder if both of these teams, you know, kind of come back down to earth here. I still think the Titans are going to be one of the, uh, you know, better streaming options this week though. And then we have the Browns who are owned in 24.5% of leagues. They are going up against the Saints. I'm not someone who's, you know, putting a ton of trust in the Saints offense on a week to week basis. Browns defense has been solid. So I do like that play. Then we start to get into some of the more risky options. We have the Steelers who barely make the cut owned in 49.8% of leagues. They are going up against the Raiders. The Raiders, pretty hit or miss on offense, but they can go out there, you know, and put together some big games. So definitely, you know, a level of concern there. We have the Vikings, which seems tough to trust the Vikings defense. They're owned in twenty four point seven percent of leagues, but they go up against the Giants, who definitely aren't super explosive offensively. And then uh, the fifth and final streaming defense, the Rams, owned in twenty three percent of leagues. I guess we'll see how they do tonight against the Packers. But they go up against the Broncos an offense that is you know, pretty hit or miss, and typically, they're definitely more on the uh, miss side, so another defense to look out uh, for as a streaming play this week, but that is going to wrap it up for my top waiver wire targets at every position. If you guys have any fantasy questions, if you drop it down below, I'll make sure to get back to every single person. I'm going to be going through my start sits at, I think, every position tomorrow, so running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends. If you guys enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.